Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. God and the priests, the Levites bearing it. Then ye shall, notice this, remove from your place and go after it. Now, to the Israelites, I want you to understand, the Ark of the Covenant symbolized one thing, the presence of God. And in that Ark, how many remember what was in the Ark? You have three items, two tablets of stone, on which the Ten Commandments had been written by the hand of God. The Ten Commandments show us our need for a Savior. They serve as a blueprint for the Christian life. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing, we find a supernaturally preserved vessel of manna reminding them that God is the only one who can satisfy. Later, Christ said, if you recall in John 6, 35, he said, I am the bread of life. Right? So we've got the Ten Commandments. We've got the vessel of manna. Third and finally, we've got Aaron's budding rod which reminded the people that God is a miracle-working God. Amen. That nothing is impossible. Nothing is too dead that he cannot cause it to live again. Yeah. Isn't that great? And the high priest would come into the tabernacle once a year, sprinkle blood of the sacrifice uh, on the top of that ark, which was called the mercy seat. Okay, that was to symbolize the fact that the writer of Hebrews 9.22 says that without the shedding of blood, there is what? No remission of sins. 1 Peter 1.19 says, You are not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. As a lamb without blemish, without spot. So ultimately, the ark represents the presence of Christ who became that sacrificial lamb. So additionally, as we read through verse 4, as we continue in the text, the officers are telling the people, you need to keep a space of about 2,000 cubits, which would be about 1,000 yards, okay, or more, between them and the ark. I believe that was probably so that everybody could see it clearly, If they were to get close, not everyone could see it. So in order for everyone to keep the ark in view at all times, it needed to be well in front of all of them. And that's what you and I must do. If we're to make it victoriously through this unknown territory that lies ahead of us in 2023, how many know we must resolve to keep our spiritual eyes on Christ? Just as the Israelites kept their physical eyes On the ark, as believers, we must resolve, keep your focus on Christ. Amen. Not on your job. Anybody got a job? Not on your hobby. As much as you like vacation, don't focus on your vacation. Recreation. How about this? Not even your family. As important as they are. How many know? Don't put your family before you put Christ. Hello. If Christ is first in our life, we, I believe he will give us success in the midst of whatever we go through. 
in 2023. Even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of suffering. Does that make sense? The hymn writer said it best when he said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth, say it with me, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. All right, that's directive number one. You got to follow the ark. Follow the presence of God. Directive number two, you ready? Sanctify yourselves. Now, this second directive for making it victorious through unknown territory is, is found in verse 5. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, many of us know that the Hebrew word for sanctify simply means to set apart for God's use. Joshua was saying to his people, if you expect God to display his power on your behalf, you got to shape up spiritually. You need to give yourself a spiritual tune-up. Get the moral and spiritual sludge out of your life. Lost people need the Lord. And the truth is, many of us believers need revival. So how many know the call to sanctify ourselves is a universal call? James 4.8 says, draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. In today's world, how many found out? Unless you've been living under a rock, you should know we're surrounded by corruption. Hello, America. We're surrounded by dishonesty. We're surrounded by sexual immorality. We're surrounded It's so near us that if we're not careful, how many know we can become desensitized? We see it every day. Sadly, sometimes believers fall into some ungodly practices and there's no way that God... How many know God's not going to bless? Sinful disobedience. So there's both this divine and human side to sanctification that we see in the Scripture. The divine side is emphasized in uh, passages like 1 John 1.7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. That's, that's the divine side. But the Bible also emphasizes the human side. The command given in Joshua 3.5 is sanctify yourselves. It's the same call that the Apostle Paul makes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 7.1 saying, having therefore this promise, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So the truth of these statements is simply this. God expects us to confess our sins, to exercise self-discipline, and at the same time, trust Him for ultimate victorious success. So if we desire for God to help us maintain a pure life in 2023, how many know we're going to have to guard ourselves? Sometimes we got to guard what we see. Guard what we read. Eliminate the trashy media and movies. 
Eliminate novels that are laced with profanity and immorality. Don't look at the vulgarness on the internet. We, we don't go to places where believers have no business going. If we desire for God to bless our family, we're going to see to it that we take them to the house of the Lord. We're going to see to it that we read His Word and pray. And we're going to see to it that our children have wholesome examples being set before them rather than the garbage out of Hollywood and MTV. Amen, Pastor. All right. Well, I got a little excited right there. Better move along. Wow, we're already on my final point. Somebody ought to say, hallelujah. All right, directive number three. Get your feet wet. This is the third directive. For getting through unfamiliar territory victoriously. Now stay with me. Hopefully you'll understand what I mean. The events that we've described here in the third chapter of Joshua and on down in the, in the text took place at flood season when the Jordan River was much deeper than usual and extremely wide some commentators feel that at this time it would swell to being a mile wide so during the flood season the current was obviously very swift and also bear in mind that this was a huge multitude of people that has gathered at the riverbank with just the Jordan River separating them from the promised land and Numbers 26, 51 says, These were the numbered of the children of Israel, 600,000 and 1,730. So if that, which usually they, they a lot of times recorded, as many commentators feel this was just the men. So if that be true, then adding the women and the children, you're looking at close to 2 million people here. And there appeared to be no way for them to cross over the river with the livestock, with their babies, with their supplies. How many know this was before bridges? And, and no boats here, just rushing water. Yet God told them that he was going to get them across that raging river. But how many know he was going to require faith on their part? And he would require that they demonstrate their faith. And so he, he says in effect, and we didn't get to read all this, but it's in verses 14 through 17 on down in the same chapter. He basically says, says and this is my paraphrase, show me that you believe my word by the priests leading the way with the ark, saying, I want you to march down into that swift current. You can read it. But he says, as soon as your feet touch the water, he said, I'm going to do something wonderful. Oh, I, I, I get into that text and I say, what a sight that must have been. The flow of water when those priests with the ark step in, the flow of water was not only stopped. As soon as the priest stepped in, the water turned back so that the Bible says it stood in a gigantic heap like a wall of water the water which was already in the riverbed on this side rapidly drained away into the dead sea 
leaving the riverbed dry. God dries it out instantly for approximately a couple million people with all their livestock supplies to walk over. That riverbed had to be basically turned into a highway. And it would take a long time, probably hours for that huge of a multitude to get through there. Yet the Bible says that the priests stood out holding the Ark of the Covenant in that riverbed the entire time. Now the lesson here for us is if we want God to guide us victoriously through unexplored territory of the new year and take us through, hey, I've had some Jordans of difficulty. How about you? If he's going to take us through our Jordans of difficulty, we're going to have to step out in faith. Don't be afraid to get your feet wet a little bit. Listen, that is put your faith into action. Right? James 2, 26 says, faith without works is what? Dead. The hymn writer said it this way, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but trust and obey. There are some difficulties in life about which we can do very little. How many has ever had one of those? But God expects us to do the little we can and then depend on him to make up the difference. So what about those Jordans of difficulty that you're facing now or may face in 2023? God wants to get us through them, not just somehow get us through them, but to get us through them triumphantly. He may not choose to give us a spectacular solution as he did for Joshua and the Israelites in this instance. In fact, it's worth pointing out that in all the centuries of biblical history, only three times, only three times did God miraculously part the waters of Jordan. Once for Elijah, once for uh, Elisha, and then on this occasion for Joshua. Yet various individuals and groups of people have passed over Jordan hundreds, maybe even thousands of times through the years. But God gave the strength and the energy to get across even when he did not part the waters. Right? Sometimes he might have provided boats, rafts, I don't know. Other times the the water might have been so shallow they could just wade across. But those crossings were no less the work of God. And the important thing is not the method God uses. The important thing is that we trust Him and follow His directions. And if we do, He will get us across all the way to the other side. How many plan to make it to the other side? Because does that mean that everything will always come out rosy and that we'll always have a happy ending? Not necessarily. However, it does mean that whatever we face, whether it be illness, heartache, or God forbid, even death, if we'll trust him and take whatever steps he leads us to take, we will be victorious. In other words, when we stand before the raging current and God says, go forward, I'm going to say, okay, God, and I'm going to step out. Huh? Don't be afraid to get your feet wet. Praise God. Does that make sense? Because if God brings us to it, He can bring us through it. How many remember that old chorus? 
Got any rivers that seem uncrossable? Any mountains you cannot tunnel through? Anybody remember that one? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, good. God specializes in things. Thought impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. Some of y'all raise your hands and say, I know he's going to lead me through this upcoming year. Praise God. All right, so in conclusion, you're saying, wow, he must have made a resolution not to preach past 12 o'clock. We have seen God's directions that he gave to Israel many years ago. Three of them. How many know those are his directives for us today too? Follow the ark, a.k.a. the presence of God. Number two, sanctify ourselves. Number three, don't be afraid to get your feet wet. With that approach, you don't have to be fearful about traveling into the unknown. Hmm. I believe God is worthy of my trust. Oh, I said to myself this week, God, I'm determined to trust you. Listen. Listen to what God told Isaiah in 46.9. He said, I am God. There's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand. Yea, have I, yea, have spoken, yea, I have spoken, excuse me, and I will bring it to pass. Somebody say, that's my God. Is that your God? It's my God. I said, it's my God. There will not be anything that you and I will face in this new year that will surprise God. He's already told us that in all things, it's under his control. I choose not to live my life out of fear of what might happen, but out of faith in what could happen. Says Jones, you can come, because if you don't, I'll just keep preaching. See, this is, I'm not talking about reckless Fearless living. I am talking about radical, faithful living. I've made my decision. I believe I have a great God. How many in here has got a great God? How many know that He's worthy of every ounce of our energy? He's worth of every pound of our faith that we can muster. I'm choosing to trust Him in the new year. Now, I don't trust the government. Sorry. I don't trust politics. Sorry, and I sure don't trust politicians. I don't trust Wall Street. But I trust God. I said, but I trust God. There it goes. I can quit now. That's my quitting music. This week I read about a 92-year-old man having to relocate into a a home for seniors. He could only see images and outlines. He was technically blind. 
His wife of many years had just passed away. He waited in the lobby for some time, and after a while, a young lady who was the nurse in that facility came to take him to his new room. As he shuffled his walker through the hallway, that nurse begins to describe to him his room in detail. She said, sir, you've got a room with a beautiful window. We've got a couch in there for you. Even got a nice desk area. And right in the middle of her description, he interrupts her and says, I love it, I love it, I love it. She laughs and she says, well, we're not there yet. You haven't got to see it yet, so just hang on a minute and we'll get in there. He said, no. He said, whether I like my room or not, it doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. He said, it depends on how my mind is arranged. And he says, I've already made up my mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like it. And I thought, you know, that's the way we should live this new year. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to enjoy this year. I said, I've already made up my mind. I'm going to have a blessed year. There's three of us in here that's determined, I think. Folks, how many know? Oh, you better stand. You got to stand if you want me to close. Life is too short to live negative. Life is too short to live sour. Letting circumstances dictate our attitude. Every morning we need to make a decision. This is another year that the Lord has made. I'm going to live it by faith. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to see the best. And I'm going to make the most out of it. Well, pastor, I'm discouraged because I've had a rough childhood. A friend walked out on me and I went through an illness and I stubbed my toe on my way to work. Friday. Listen, we can find all the reasons we have to live sour lives. Uh, We can find reasons to have a chip on our shoulder. Listen, but we have to learn when we step into a new year, close the door on the last year and move forward into the future because what's happened in our past cannot stop what God is going to do in the future. Let me say that again. What's happened in our past cannot stop what God is going to do in our future. Raise your hands and praise Him. God You wouldn't have allowed it to happen if it was going to ruin our destiny. We trust you. Somebody say, I trust God in the new year. I trust God in the new year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Raise your hands and tell him that, would you? Oh, hallelujah. Let's make a joint resolution to trust him in the new year. Can we do that right now? God, we're going to trust you in the new year. The situations that may follow us from last year we've laid awake at night thinking about them God we're going to trust you with them we're going to trust you with them that doesn't automatically make them go away no I understand that I'm a realist but it does it does help me know that there's somebody in charge and if I'm his child I'll always be in his hand hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got a need. Maybe you've got a situation that's been been clouding your mind. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a financial situation.
maybe it's a very personal situation. I want to invite you to come and stand across this front. And let's take that need that you've already dealt with in the past. And it's followed you into the new year. But this is going to be a different kind of year. It's going to be a year of trusting God for that situation, for that need. Would you slip out of your seat? Would you stand across the front and say, God, I'm going to trust you for that. I'm going to trust you for that. Anybody, anybody want to come? God bless you. There's a couple that's coming. You want to just filter in the altar. You can if you want to kneel at your seat. If you got to go, God bless you. But I feel like somebody here this morning can vocalize and verbalize. Say, God, I'm going to trust you this morning. I'm going to follow the presence of God. I'm not going to be afraid to step out in faith. I'm going to, I'm going to take a moment and sanctify my heart today. Go ahead and say, God, I, I just... I just turn my back on all the filth of the flesh and I embrace the purity of the Spirit. Oh, I feel His presence. I feel He's going to touch somebody this morning. I feel that He's going to work in somebody's life. Thank you, Jesus. I will trust. I will trust. 